What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Steve Skax, and you're listening to the Mighty Mighty Marston House with Tim Lawson. We ain't gonna stop right into the spotlight, yeah. Give me some burn on my face. We took it from the black right into the top right there. And we did it all in your face. You know they gonna love it. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I am Tim Lawson, host of Mighty Mighty Marston House, where each week I feature an MC or other influencer in the hip-hop space, and we get to know about their introduction to hip-hop, what the culture was like, where they were going up, when they started rapping, when they started producing, etc., their creative process. And then, of course, I like to get into some bit of their material, a lyric or a beat or some sort, sort of get the story behind it and sort of decipher the message behind that because a lot of music is messages, right? We're, we're telling our audience something, and uh, it's good for us to better understand that as the listener uh, and and truly appreciate uh, you know what's being said by the artist. So I always like to get into a certain lyric. This is episode one. We're doing this is the first edition of Mighty Mighty Marson House. I thank you for listening. Uh, the first MC this week is going to be Chad Downing. Uh, he's a Marine veteran. He's a friend of mine. He's actually the reason why I know Marson House. He made that introduction for us because he did a bunch of his recording up there with Stephen Ethan. Uh, to pay respects to that, he's good to be the first artist on the show. Episodes with featured artists are going to be coming out on Tuesday. On Thursday, I'm going to be releasing a uh, a cipher that that uh, Marston House does. These are the same ciphers that they release on YouTube. I'm just going to be releasing the MP3 into the feed, so that way it hits straight to your iTunes, uh, and you can listen to it wherever you want to. And uh, we can uh, we can get more exposure for those great MCs that grouped up together uh, and rock those ciphers. Be sure to look up Marston House on YouTube. Be sure to look up Marston House on YouTube. It's youtube.com slash MarstonXHouse. All the freestyles and ciphers they do are loaded up there. Without further ado, let's get into my interview with Chad Downing. If you or someone you know is an artist, you think they should be featured here on the show, get a hold of me. Uh, just tweet at me, at Tim Lawson 21 We'll figure out a way to get you on the show. The more MCs, the better. Check it out. Marston House, Lost Entertainment Collaboration, Mighty Money Marston House. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. I have uh, a good friend of mine. He's a Marine Corps veteran. He's a hip-hop artist. He reigns from New Jersey. Uh, he has recorded at Marson House at one point in time. In fact, that's one of the re- that's one of the connections that I have with Marson House. His name is Chad Downing. Chad, always a pleasure talking to you. What's up, Tim? How you doing, man? Good, good, good. So I'm, I'm really excited to, 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 to do this interview with you because this is going to focus mostly on your music. The past interviews we've done, we talked a lot about your military career and other things that you've done inside of your life, touched on your music a little bit. This one's going to get a little bit deeper into uh, your creative process. It's going to get into some of the lyrics that, uh, that, I, that I've heard in your music. But let's start with where, where, where music started for you. Oh, um, so let's, let's start with where music started for you. Go ahead and talk to us about that first inkling that you got to get into hip-hop and sort of what the, what the, what the hip-hop culture was like uh, where you grew up. Um, well, I grew up in Trent, New Jersey, so of course everything was real boom-bap, like traditional hip-hop. Um, and my first introduction to hip-hop music, I want to say, was like, uh, like during the West Coast boom when like Tupac was really good, like really popping and uh, Cypress Hill... Uh, Bone Thugs, yeah, uh, and Snoop Dogg especially, and though I want to say those were some of the first hip hop records I've ever heard in my life. When it was still, when it, when they weren't on record, they were on tape. 
when you get a cassette. And um, that was my first introduction. And my mom, she was totally against it. She thought the shit was the devil. She literally kicked my brother out the house for having um, for having DMX's album, It's Dark and Hell is Hot. She made him walk, I think it's like a, a seven-mile walk. Maybe more. He walked seven miles to my grandmother's house out South Trenton when uh when he was like I don't know he had to be like sixteen years old I don't know around definitely he was in his teens and she kicked him the hell out. Wow. And that that was uh, how hip hop was viewed in my house and I wonder and now her son's a damn rapper. I, I, I talk about ironic. <laughs> no kidding. So um so. Let's uh, let's talk about how you actually got into rapping yourself. Then, so when did you start? Um, you know, when did when did rap become an uh, a hobby or an outlet for you? Man, I was young. Like I, I, the, I even I was fiddling around with words as early as like eight, eight or nine. Not not trying to be a rapper or anything, but like um, there was this poetry group at my mom's church, and she uh. My, I think my mom see me jotting notes in my in my in like this little notepad that I have, and the reason I'm doing that was for something for school, and then um, so sure enough, my mom she got me up there one day at the church reciting some poetry, and then um, I remember I was super nervous the first time. That's I guess that's credited as my first performance. I think we were up in New York or Newark, I should say. At this church, and I had to recite this poem that I wrote, and man, and I, I barely got through it because I was shaking like a leaf in the wind. It was I was I was terrified. But uh, after that, I had met up. Uh, fast forward a few years, I met up with a kid named Chad. One day, he had this uh, Ice Cube CD, and they had this thing called Maxi Singles, where they had the acapella. The uh, the instrumental and the song. Yeah. And he was playing one of those with the instrumental going. I said, man, that's cool. And I said, and he pulled out some paper and he started writing. I was like, what are you writing? He goes, man, I'm making a rap. And I didn't even know, like, we could rap. Like, little kids could rap. I didn't know other people could rap besides the people <laughs> who were already doing it. I was like, well, why are you doing it? I'm telling you, I was so naive to, any, to a lot. And then, um, so, yeah, I didn't start that day. But what kicked it off, that, that got the bug in me. But what really kicked it off, I think I was in, like, there was these kids and what I what I now know is a cypher. But I remember them just in a circle, swaying side to side, somebody doing something weird with their mouth, making noises, speechboxing. And I was like, man, what is that? And I heard them rapping. I was like, man, that's that's terrible. That They suck, whoever that is. <laughs> so... That's, a, that's how I pretty much got started. I was like, man, that is so bad. I know I could do better than that. So that that was pretty much it. It was just me saying to myself, I could definitely do better than that. So I was like, that guy doesn't even sound right. Why is he even doing that? So that's I started. I, the next time I seen him doing that, I actually used somebody else's lyrics. Sheik Luch's lyrics from the locks. And what's crazy is I, I happen to be, uh, I'm going to be opening up for them uh, next month. So there's the full circle right there. And then, um. Yeah, I. Ever since then, I, I I started rapping. Instead of using other people's lyrics, I was using my own, and I actually was pretty good. At least I thought I was good enough for that time. And you know, I've just evolved since then. Yeah. So I remember when when you and I first met uh, back in I, I believe it was two thousand and seven, two thousand eight. 
and I knew that you did music. You showed me, you let me listen to one, and I, I enjoyed it. And then we connected again a few years later. You gave me a copy of PMFL, uh, which I regrettably didn't listen to uh, much of when I first received it. Uh, Shame on you. I know, I know, and I, I'm I'm willing to admit to it, admit that I didn't, uh, I didn't really, I didn't strongly listen to it. And then I remembered, I was like, oh yeah, I have this, uh, I have this CD from Chat, and I listened to it, and I absolutely loved it. And uh, anybody who's familiar with me and Veteran Empire and the other efforts that I put out know that I'm a huge Chad Downing fan. Uh, I'm begging for new music uh, every couple months from you. I think you have developed into a really good artist. I really like your delivery. I think your delivery is really what... I think your beat selection and your delivery are, are, two, are the two uh, strong points you have as, as a rapper. It, uh, it makes it really... You know, it, you can have good lyrics, but if the beat sucks and your delivery is off, no one's going to want to listen to it. And, exactly. And, and so you, you've done really well on both of those, enhancing, you know, the, the contents of the song and making it really enjoyable. Uh, let's, well, thank you, Tim. Yeah, I appreciate that. You're welcome. So let's let's talk about your... Uh, which, there's a few things I want to talk to you about. What should we start with first? So let's talk about your creative process. And every, you know, I remember back when I was in high school and I thought I could rap or whatever. You know, I had, I would just, uh, I would just freestyle in the car uh, for practice. And then, like, I would find a beat and I would write to a beat if I wanted to. Wait, Tim, Tim. You telling me you used to rap? I mean, not, like, seriously, but you used to just, like, mess yeah. around in the car? Yeah, I used to, I used to mess around. For real? I had no idea. Yeah, I used to. That's pretty tight. Yeah, there was one time uh, I went, uh, I braved uh, going into a battle. Uh, at lunchtime when I was like a junior or senior or something. And, um, I was nervous, of course. And so, like, every other line, I did the ah, uh, uh, yo, yo, whatever. And, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna, yo, I'm not, I, I did okay. But again, like, my delivery was off because I was nervous. And then yeah. the dude came around and, uh, you know, he was clearly better than me. And, and, uh, <laughs> and I, I, as the kids would say, got served. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah. I don't think no kids are saying that shit no more. (laughs) (laughs) Tim, you know what that means, right? I got to have you. I don't know if you're comfortable rapping on a song, but I definitely want you on a song talking some shit one day. Okay. um, Tell you what, chat. Here's here's the agreement that I'll make. If I ever decide, it's something that I've actually, I've always wanted to do is to to record myself in, in some way, whether it's just for fun or I muster up the energy to do something more serious. But to record at least one thing just to say that I did it. And and I'll I'll make you a pledge right now that if I ever do that, it'll I will give Chad Downing the first opportunity to collaborate. Well man, if you would do that for me, I would I would forever be in your debt. So and I'm gonna hold you to it because I because I'm that type of person. I like that. So T- tell you what, the next time the next the next time you you hear a beat that you think I would enjoy, you shoot it over. I'm gonna send it over. I promise. All right, and I definitely want to hear you on it. Don't be laughing. You I'm can't be. Gonna... <laughs> You're already laughing. Like, oh, this no, shit's no, gonna be no. hilarious. It's just I'm trying to picture you because I can see you reciting some lyrics, but I'm trying to picture that like high school Tim. Like, uh, yo, uh, I got the flow, yeah. Uh, I bust your hoe, yeah. I would just, man, I would pay. But either way, we'll get on the subject. But yes, yeah. uh, I'm gonna hold you to that. Yo, I used I was that white kid, man. I wore South Pole hoodies. And, oh lord. Yeah. Um, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh I wore, lord. I wore lugs. I wore lugs boots. Oh good Jesus. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, you know what? Look, I I laughed, but man, if I had, I'm gonna have to shoot you a picture of me. I found a box of old clothes that I had from like uh, 2005. Tell me you wore Fubu. You oh no, I never wore no corny shit. Okay. But but let me tell you, it I look damn ridiculous. <laughs> Anybody, just like you know those guys from the 80s. Who who are like thugs now, but were wearing like weird shit, like weird tights and shit yeah, back yeah. in the eighties. That's how I regret the shit I used to wear. I was I'm wear I only wear a large now in shirts. I used to wear three XL yeah. in these shirts. I was about to, I was, my rebuttal to this was going to be I didn't actually look ridiculous as in like the style, but like it was the size of the clothing. Yes, I, no, yeah. that was me. That was everybody. Yeah, everybody was wearing that big retarded clothes shit. Yeah, it's true. Um, everybody. Yeah, and then we and then we joined the Marine Corps, and they're like, mm-mm, not no more. They were like, uh, are you retarded? Yeah. Uh, and then you felt retarded, too. Yeah, and I, I ended up feeling retarded. I look, I actually had one of the shirts. I, I tried it on, and my wife was like, uh, you wore that at one time? I was like, this was my favorite shirt. I wore this at least. <laughs> twice a week that that's how much rotation this was getting mm-hmm. i can't believe and i still have it it's, i'm gonna send you a picture and you're not even gonna believe me you're gonna say how the hell did you ever even it doesn't even look right on me as a full-grown adult yeah let alone it, it the fattest i could ever get i still wouldn't be able to fill it out i it's, i had uh i remember this i remember this denim jacket that i used to wear with some jeans and like a set I remember, I remember, I shopped at Macy's quite a bit, so, like, I had a lot of, like, South Pole and Nietzsche, uh, Echo, and I remember having this, like, denim jacket that, like, the, the, the jean and the stitching matched, like, the, the jeans, and I just thought it was the flyest fucking thing. The uh, flyest shit ever. <laughs> yeah. I just thought, like, man, ain't no one messing around with man. these tees. Um, so. Anybody, uh, anybody who's 30 to, to 25 you wore this dumb, ridiculous shit. Don't even lie. <laughs> That's true. All That's right. True. Anybody, the third, matter of fact, the 30 to 24, you were wearing this dumb shit back in 2000. Yep. So don't even lie. I know you're out there laughing right now because you know you wore the biggest, dumbest shirt you could get. And if you had something, some, the more ridiculous your fucking character on your shirt was, the cooler you were. If you wore a Bugs Bunny shirt, that from lot twenty nine, you were the shit back then, but mm-hmm. not anymore, my friends. Not you anymore. Yourself. So uh, let's talk about um, you know. So you have I don't really know what to call like an official release for you. Like underground artists, they never really know what to call like official releases and and whatnot. But you have, I believe, you recognize "Out My Window" as an actual album, right? Yeah, and then you have PMFL. You have some songs trickled in in there that I've heard that I know you re- you know released before, middle, after, and stuff. And you can sort of feel a change in your character um, a little bit going through. And when you when you when you come to your creative process on um, on writing music, have you noticed an evolution on what sort of ideas and expressions that are coming to mind now versus three years ago versus five years ago versus ten years ago? Shit has changed. I mean. I've definitely just changed. Everything has changed in my life. Um, but are we speaking as far as creative processes or the content? Uh, both. All right, process. I definitely say how I come up with the music is definitely the same. It all starts off with me finding the beat first. Okay. Like before, when I was younger, actually, you know, this is a great question. When I was younger, I didn't even 
I didn't even need to be. I used to write shit. I could fill up a full notebook with music without even, or at least lyrics without even hearing a beat. I could just write and write and write and write. And I think it's because I had so much uh, things happening around me and, and specifically in my life that I had just so many topics, so many things that I wanted to put down on paper so I could remember while they were fresh. Um, but now uh, I definitely say, like, the process has changed. I have to start off with something. Uh, uh, well, I always have content to write about now. It's all about how you stylize it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but first is the beat. The beat has got to be something that makes me feel a very specific type of way. Uh, then next, just is me sitting there with that beat for at least like 20 minutes, just like randomly freestyling, just putting words together, seeing how it sounds. And then once I find like a, a specific pattern for how I know I want finding the pockets of the beat, and how it would sound great if I accentuated certain points, then the lyrics start coming. And how the beat sounds, whether if it's an up or a down beat, is how a, it kind of affects the subject matter that I have. So if it's more upbeat, like, you know, not a party song. I don't really do party songs. But if it's more upbeat tempo, then I'm, I might talk about something that's a little more, um, you know, uh, a little more upbeat that, yeah. that could to go along with that. But if it's a if it's a more traditional hip hop, then I could who, the topics are endless when I when I go into like traditional hip hop mode. I'm just talking about you know whatever I might be talking about work. I might be talking about uh, something from the past. I might be talking about my family. I might who knows I, I could be speaking on whatever. Um, but the the process for the content has changed definitely because of my just because of my lifestyle now. I don't want to be that guy who's uh. You know, Jay-Z, he's not over here talking about how he's selling crack from the 80s anymore. I mean, yeah. he's, shit has changed in his life. Why, why would he be talking about that anymore? And, I mean, as it should. We're, our, our maturity should grow in our music. Absolutely. So, one of your songs uh, that was on Out My Window called Wandering Free... Um, mm-hmm. It's one of it's one of those listen-to shows uh, in my chat downing library. And in the second verse, you talk about having a dream that involves, uh, you know, your your mother, your mom living better, your you and your, um, you know, you and your girl getting back together, having a seed, uh, you know, your your father kicking his addiction, stuff like that. As you know, since I know you personally, I'm aware that at least one of these have come true. Um, a few have actually. It's it, funny that I wrote that so long ago. So yeah, that's that's gonna be my question, and you know, I'll play the snippet uh, for people to hear. I had a dream. All my niggas was out of prison. My homie rose with the box. I got a coldly living. Me and my girl got back together and had a seat. My brother name a Hollywood face on the screen. My father quit his addiction and finally living clean. My mama out that apartment onto a different scene. All these things in my mind I see is so vivid. I just pray one day God will let me live it. What uh you know out of those things that you named in that verse and I don't know if you can recall all of them. I, I do. I was, I think I said I forgot. Oh man, I, it's like right on the tip of my tongue. But I remember talking about uh getting back with my with Tina. And it's funny it did happen, and we we had a, and we're having another kid. And we're <laughs> married, and then uh, my mother, she's actually getting ready to move from where she's at. She just uh, was approved on a a house loan. She's she's actually thinking about moving close to where I'm at. Okay. Um, 
into her first house ever, which I'm I'm happy about. And then um, my brother, he's things have gotten so much better with him. Uh, I think I said something about him. My brother's name face on the screen, mm-hmm. something like that. I mean, he's definitely for years was trying to pursue an acting career. It didn't really work out to to where he wanted. He did he did land on a show, uh, on a, a nationally syndicated network, but it didn't work out. Uh, I ended up getting shut down a little early, but he found success in his uh, his day job, which has put him in a very comfortable space uh, as far as financially goes. And then um, my father, uh, I don't know what is up with him. So if you find out <laughs> anything, let me know. I don't know where to He's somewhere out there. So, hey, hey Pops, if you're listening, I uh, hope you're well. Uh, but uh, hit your son up every now and then, at least once a year. Give me a call. I don't want to get into this too much, but I'm curious. Um, how often do you speak to your father? Or when was the last time you spoke to him? Well, I, I just by pure happenstance, I just happened to see him over the holidays. Uh, I went up to my grandmother's, and every now and then, he I think he lives there. At least that's what my, my aunts and uncles always say. But I never can see the guy when I'm up there. Like, this past uh, summer, I was up there. I didn't see his ass. Hmm. Matter of fact, before – well, to answer your question short and short, I, I seen him um, – like the day before Thanksgiving or the day of Thanksgiving. He happened to be at my grandma's and I stopped by there, you know, to say what's up. And they were like, hey, your dad's here. I said, where? They're like, he's here. He's upstairs. I said, what the f- are you serious? They're like, yeah. And before that, I don't think, I think maybe I'd seen him um, maybe about two years. Wow. I hadn't seen him. And then before that, I don't know. I can tell you, I can count on my hand how many times I've seen my dad within the last 10 years. Like wow. on one hand, I, me and him, I mean, I grew up with him uh, all the way up to the age of like eight, and then he kind of he didn't live in the house with me, but I, I seen him off and on uh, till I was like eight, and then disappeared for like a little bit. Then I seen him again. The la- the next time I seen him, he was stealing shit out of my mom's apartment, and then I hadn't seen him since like eleven years old. Then I went and seen him before I went to the Marine Corps. I told him I was gone, and then uh, he was a little. So I was like, all right, well, I'll see you when I see you, buddy. <laughs> that was that i shouldn't laugh but uh no no i mean no that's how i mean you gotta laugh or cry and i choose to laugh so it's all right i i just know that i want to be better for uh my son nothing nothing against my pops but i just want to be better for my for my son than my father was for me so so let's let's talk about what you're doing you know lyrically now like so the the music that you've most recently written whenever that was whether it was a couple weeks ago or earlier this year whenever um, you know, what do you, what do you find yourself writing about? Um, I think I'm, uh, the last thing we, we were in the studio recording for the, uh, the new success project. So there was a lot of, uh, themed songs. So the theme for the songs is what I was writing about. It wasn't like my own individual, okay. uh, you know, song, but, uh, the last song I did, I think by myself was doing this now and that was pretty much just about growth, like how I started off as a young man. And then I just pretty much wrote like a, a quick two minute biopic on, on me and how things changed from like being involved, being involved with like different things as a, as a youth and, you know, not, not so much making the best decisions and then growing from, you know, street wars into serving into uh, the Marine Corps and then actually going into real uh, combat zones. Just shit like that and just trying to say, trying to tell people that I'm trying to be better for myself and better for my son 
And, you know, that that's, that's pretty much where I'm at with it right now in my life. Just trying to be better, just a better person and keep growing. Okay, and then so lastly, let's. Uh, I don't want to call this a lightning round or any of those other cliche names for it, but I don't know what to call it yet. Uh, but yeah. here, here's some quick uh, questions that only need a shorter answer, I think. Um, so the first one is always one of my favorite ones to ask. Uh, you know, if, if you could pull one or two artists to collaborate with, uh, who who would you who would you invite to come work with you? Saigon, Cool G Rat. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, if you could, if you could perform anywhere in the world, like a venue or uh, maybe a specific city, uh, try to be as try to be as, as specific as possible. Where would you want to perform? Cyberbank Arena, or I think it's called the Sun Center now. Sun Center in um, Trent, New Jersey, just okay. because it's the hometown. It's the hometown. That's right. If you could get a if you get a beat from any producer, who who are you hitting up? Jay Dilla. Jay Dilla. Jay Dilla. Wow, that's a great answer. Or or Madlib, but those that's that's hard as hell. But Jay Dilla, Madlib. That is a What's great that? answer, sir. Uh, you know, Common recently did a, a song um, with a, with a uh, talking about Jay Dilla. That was really done, really well done. Because he's the mad scientist. Yeah. Come on. Hey, get out of here. If you had to quit rapping but find yourself involved in another aspect of music, what what do you think you would try to do? I probably probably do my previous profession, uh, profession, working with like mobile security overseas. No, no, I mean I, still, still in music, still in music. Oh, oh in just, music. Yeah. Oh, just... engineer for certain. Okay, is that what you're going to school for? For no, for... man. No, I'm going to school. I switched my my major to computer science actually. Okay, so you 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 were doing sound engineering though, right? I no, I was doing uh business administration and management, a focus on marketing. Oh, I could have, I could have sworn you mentioned sound engineering. I probably point. said that I, I should be doing it. Right. That is, but no, I'm I'm going to school for those things previously okay. mentioned. What uh, out of out of your entire library of music, what song uh, would do you do you feel like you could re redo or re-release um, better? Oh man! Oh. Oh, man, um, the the title track from uh, PMFL. Okay. I think the song is called PMFL. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could definitely do that better. Okay. Uh, and then lastly, uh, you know, which which song? Uh, and you can name a, you can name a few. You don't have to commit to one. Uh, but which song after it was done did you feel like the most proud of, whether lyrically or overall, uh, the way it was mastered? Like what songs you hear and you're like, man, that I did what I did really good with that one. I really like this new doing this now re- record. Like you, I, I'm I sent it to you, right? Yeah, and I have to, I have to admit it, it took a little while for that to grow on me, but once it did, I really liked it. Like I, I really do like that record. Like it just, it just shows so much growth, and it was, it was new. It was a new challenge for me. Like to talk about something just totally brand new and something that it just showed a different side of me as opposed to, you know, how people might perceive me from previous records. I just I'm glad to have put something out like that. Yeah. It's like it's like when you go from wearing t shirts to now you're wearing suits. Like World of Cup. That was my World of Cup record. I like that. Uh and then so uh last last one, and this is a this is a very fitting question. Um, so you recorded a lot at Marston House, um, and so let's 
you know, what were a couple of things that you remember enjoying about Marston House, both in their approach to music and their approach to uh, approach to music in general, and then approach to your music specifically? Nothing. They suck over there. <laughs> no, 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 man. I love working on those guys. Ethan, Dom, and Steve are definitely. They love the music, and they love giving you the proper atmosphere to do music. Like, I don't know if any, if any, if anybody's been there, if you listeners, you know that it's it's fun working, it's fun recording, working with those guys, um, and and you'll get your work back uh, expediently. Like I've had bad experiences in the past where I've, and I'm not talking about where I've had like a homie hookup studios. No, I've had the paper studios, and they took the damn time getting it back. It's like, nah, I mean, the professional, they'll do exactly to the T. If you want if, if you want your record to sound like shit, just, <laughs> they'll, they'll say, we don't advise for this, but if that's exactly what you want, okay, I'll throw on 100% auto-tune on there. Nah, that's, that's what you want. They'll, but they're definitely going to get you the best product that you want and maybe even exceed it a little bit. I'm telling you what, Dom will tell you, I, me and him went back and forth over um, Out Here Now, which is track six off of PMFL. I sent him back like 10 times. There was We just kept going because I think I was the poor at the time. So I just kept sending it back like, I needed to sound like this. More like this, not like this. And just <laughs> add a drop of this and maybe a little of this. So many times we had emails going back and forth. And it came back literally perfect, uh, at least in my ear exactly how i envisioned it in my head because one thing artists always have an issue with is like materializing their their imagination like it's like building a damn rocket ship you have the the blueprint in your head but then it turns out you built a little rinky dink and go-kart i mean it's you it's a great place to work out of and they're great people and then they got the arc they pretty much have an arcade built in the damn studio so what's not to love about that absolutely so, like we did on the Veteran Empire podcast, um, and the four hundred and twenty friendly, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> four hundred and twenty friendly. I like that. Uh, they should have like a sticker on there, like a Yelp, like Yelp, like a Zagat yeah. rated. There's like four hundred and twenty friendly. Walking into it, can you imagine walking into a business and be like, "Excuse me, um, are you four hundred and twenty friendly?" Uh, so, what uh, what song should we let her be here, Chad? What song should I tack on the end for everybody? Do you, you want to play doing this, doing? Uh, this I do. Now? I do want you to play it. Doing this now is definitely a record I want. I want to represent me at this time. Wonderful. Where did you record that? I recorded that uh, a little bit earlier this year. I want to say, like, in the summertime I recorded it. Okay. Wonderful. Finally, any any shout-outs, any any daps you got to throw out there? Definitely shout-out to Fat Rat Dazar, the whole new success culture. Uh, we just pushed the album out. You could definitely check it out. It's called New Success, and the artist is New Success, or New SC, which is New uh, Space capital S, capital C. Find us on iTunes and anywhere else on the internet. Um, and definitely support what we're doing because, I mean, the, the, it's a it's a great group of uh, talented artists down here. And I'm, I'm ple- it's an honor and a pleasure to be working with such uh, veterans of what they're doing. Like the guy, I've, the executive producer, Fat Rat, the guy opening up for Biggie Smalls. I mean, what more can you say? about about the man chad thank you so much uh for joining me i love talking to you love 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 talking to you and i definitely enjoy your music the the next the feature track is doing this now i'm tim on behalf of steve and ethan and everybody else over at marson house we'll see you next week
fashion is everlasting My brain and heart always clashing I can't even talk to niggas They wanna speak about fashion I wanna talk about real shit And how these cannons be blasting They focus on cameras Flashing pictures for Instagram And for aiming at your cantaloupe The solution to antidote I be rocking with killers Like lions eating some antelope Numb to the feeling like Blowing the old grammar dope My whole scope has changed From pitching and golden chains To being old and grand My son is the coldest flame And niggas know my name Call me P-Lope for slang My mom raised the king I don't even rock a crown And throwing stones at the throne Is what's popping now Pronounce my name in the same as a proper noun Young cocky style with an L type of smile I be doing this type of shit Till I'm popping trial Real life represents just my type of crap Some while it be clocks. I was street smart, now I'm in a deep thought. I had detours, me fighting the street wars. First the 60s, then me and Marine Corps. I had separated, then I got dedicated to a higher level type of shit. I thought I'd never make it. Nigga, never fake it. What you talking about? First think before you open your fucking mouth. And then second guess, everything coming out. What's all the fuss about? I don't buy in a hype. With all this gas and you get in that's feminine like And if this shoe fits, nigga, then it's just your type This is just my life with no apologies The known anomaly of men in hypocrisy 